Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and this podcast brings you the audio experience of GameDev.TV. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Tony, you introduce yourself, let us know like the fans and all the GameDev.TV students, who you are, your podcast and all that good stuff, and then we'll go from there. Awesome, yeah, so appreciate you having me on, Kevin. I so right now I used to work as a market researcher for an OES company and basically after four years of doing that I got really bored and I always wanted to join the game industry. I just didn't know how and I live in Houston which is not a big uh, game industry over here. So I read a book called The 4-Hour Work Week by mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss that basically taught me about outsourcing. And right away, I immediately hired a artist and programmer in the Middle East. I think the website was Upwork. And obviously, problems already happened right away because I didn't have no game plan. I didn't have... I, I just wanted to create a small game. That's all I did. And so I created a small mobile game called Finding Leo, which is named after my dog. And basically, it's like a hide-and-seek kind of game where you see an animal face at the top, and then you have to find it at the bottom hiding among all the other animals and it was just a small mobile game i had no experience doing it i had no game design document i was just excited to get started and i think it took at least a whole year to complete that game and i spent over 3k (laughs) three thousand bucks for that game which made zero bucks but it it was a great learning experience and I, i learned that making games is tough really really tough because you know you got to coordinate with the artist and the programmer and the designer so it, it was tough uh making that game but like i say, it was a great learning experience so this is this is what we uh thought about the podcast the game dev loadout podcast so which i created for people like me basically for upcoming game developers and it's also helpful for experiencing developers as well so i create this podcast in order to interview experts of the game industry to learn their tools, tactics, and routines, and basically to help us, you know, succeed in the game industry, because I think it's important to model after people that has already done it. So, because, you know, people people out there has done what you want to do, so just find out how they did it and try to mimic that as much as possible, and, and hopefully you have a greater chance at success. And so, I, yeah, I decided to create my own podcast because I noticed uh, there's other game developers podcasts out there, but they either stopped or sometimes the host just goes off into a tangent or talk about something else. Like mine is just strictly interview based podcast, interviewing the best in the game industry and, and just trying to learn how they uh, succeeded in there. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I guess that's an answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, dude. Have you read you the should, book yeah. uh, Tools of Titans? Oh yeah, bears. that's a long book though. But yeah, yeah it's, I read it's, it's it. It's a lot to guess. But yeah, it's just like that. It's like you know, just take all the Titans, ask some questions of how they did it, and just like try to basically the Bruce Lee quote: "Take what's useful and make it your own." And that's what exactly. I see your podcast as. It's like you you can go through all the episodes and be like, you know, this is good, this is good, this is good, and let's let's make it happen. And I actually want to do like a Kindle version, maybe of a, a text version of the podcast. You know, all the best parts. Of each Ooh. episode and, and put it in, into Tools of Titan. Like I, I really want to do that in the future. No, you should. You should do something like that. Kind of like Gary V did with his book, Ask Gary V Show, or uh, Tim Ferriss's um, podcast. You can make your own like book, and that'd be awesome. Because then you can do like a second part at some point where you get like the fans, the responses, and stuff like that. I think. That'd be oh great. yeah. Yeah. What was it like doing your first episode? Man, it was nerve wracking because, you know. It, I have to go out there and email tons of people. So the first website I went to was the GDC website, and they have a ton of speakers on there. So basically, I went through every single contact and try to find their information, like their email or their uh, social media profile. And I just messaged them, hey, can you – I'm creating a podcast. Can you come on and share your expertise and, you know, just help for – help upcoming de- game developers uh, find a way to succeed. And I think I emailed – 200 people off the bat and I, I only got like 10 responses I believe so it was nerve wracking interviewing mm-hmm. that first person because I I never done it before and I don't know I didn't know the exact questions to ask in order to get the mm-hmm. most value because you know they're I'm using up their time so I want to make sure I get the most out of it and 
so I wasn't sure if I was asking good questions. Uh, I wasn't sure where this was going to go in the future. Uh, you know, I'm talking with an expert, so I'm already like nervous about uh, that. So it was nerve-wracking, but ultimately, it, it was a learning experience, right? It's a, it was a lot of fun, a lot of good information in that first episode, and it just made me want to keep doing it again and again. That's awesome. How did you come up with the name Game Dev Low Without? Oh, yeah, so I used to play a lot of Call of Duty, and basically, mm -hmm. you know, before you play multiplayer, you have to choose your weapons and your perks and stuff like that, and that's just called the loadout. You know, loadout one, loadout two, and so I just basically put game of loadout. You know, you want to equip yourself with the best tools or uh, the best situation, the best people, and hopefully uh, you win the match <laughs> or you win whatever <laughs> you're trying to trying to accomplish. Exactly. You know, capture B. Most people which don't don't do that. They like to like just get the kills. <laughs> Can't have that. <laughs> yeah. You got you got to strategize. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we gotta have a plan. But um, so how did the uh... How did you get started with outsourcing? Because I know everybody probably reads that and goes like, yeah, outsourcing. But how did you like actually get your feet in the water and start doing that? Uh, the, the good thing about Upwork is that they have reviews of everybody. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you could just read the reviews, see if the person is legit, and then you negotiate with that person for a, a, a price that you agree on. And yeah, I just found a programmer, a great programmer and a great artist and we just constantly communicated and the, the crazy thing is that since they're in the middle east i had to stay up until after midnight sometimes just to skype call with them and like i say it took a whole year for a small mobile game to be completed and it was a lot of back and forth and they were kind of frustrated i'm pretty sure they were frustrating me right because i didn't have a clear direction <laughs> of what i wanted to do I, it's my first game so i didn't even know how uh, mm -hmm. the process worked and so ultimately, we did finally push the game through, but it was buggy. It, it, it didn't make no money, but it, it was interesting how it worked. <laughs> Has the gamers. Oh, go ahead. Hey, what did you learn from that experience? And I assume that you've made other things since then. What did you learn and how did you improve it for, you know, improve on things for the next? The next project you worked on i have not worked on another game yet but uh -huh. the first thing the well, first okay. thing oh the, what what, the what first... lessons have you learned that you would then apply to your next one then how, how would we say that <laughs> it's all good it's all good yeah well the first thing is making a plan like a game design document my guess that that's one of the one of the best advice they recommend is you got to make a plan like uh, a game design document, how you plan uh, to, I guess, the story of the game, the art of the game, the timeline you want to give yourself. And it's important to give yourself a, a timeline so you can measure if you're on track or not. And then you want to get good people. So they say that if the person is not working out, you, you got to let them go. Like you can't just keep stalling and stalling. You get, you got to let that person go because they're not adding nothing to the team. And then, yeah, budgeting is another thing. Some people do it as a hobby or, or they just go full indie right away. I honestly recommend that you have a savings account before <laughs> before you go full indie. But yeah, making a plan, smart. make a, a game design document figure out exactly what you want to do and also there's going to be changes along the way but at least you have a, a plan that that you're trying to go from basically so yeah making a plan will be, be the number one thing before you get started definitely yeah if you don't know where you're going you're gonna get nowhere you're gonna so basically you say it's kind of useful to paint the target it, 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 it's like the end of mine you you want to see the end of mine and what you want to accomplish in the end no, I agree. What do you think was the biggest, besides making a plan, what else do you think was, like, the fault? Was it because, like, a language barrier? Was it not, like, good programming? Was it, or was it just the plan? No, it, it, well, definitely the plan was the number one thing because I just had no clear direction of what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the communication was tough because, obviously, I, I work uh, full-time and I, I have a kid as well, so... Staying up past midnight to communicate on Skype was just, it was wrecking my health, I guess you could say. Like, I, I was getting tired all the time. 
I was just not focusing well. And then because uh, I didn't have a clear direction, the artist and a programmer was just trying to figure out what exactly I'm trying to do. Like, And then they have to, not only that, the artist and the programmer, they have to communicate with each other as well to make the game. And they have their own thing because Upwork, they're, ba they're basically freelancers, right? Uh, where they have a lot of different jobs they got to do. So I got to persuade them, say, hey, let's finish this at this time. Let's let's try to get this done. I know you're working on other projects. And right now, mine's is not the clearest, but, but let's just get this over with. So definitely communication was another big factor. Now, since the podcast, has there been anyone buying the game? Have you got any sales? No, well, I don't really talk about the, the game that much. I only talk about the experts' games to mm -hmm. help. Get their word out. No, I was just curious. Maybe they were like, oh, we'll check out the game for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, where is it? Is it on like iTunes? I'm not, or, yeah, um, it, Amazon? it was on iTunes and Android, but I don't think it's on there no more because I haven't updated. It's mm -hmm. been like years. I, okay. I think I released that three or four years ago, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That'd be cool, though, to go back to it. Maybe like find a way to remaster it and. And then give it all to your new fan. <laughs> remaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give it a remaster. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So, I'll probably do that. Yeah. Now, with all the interviews you've done, what do you think is the number one mistake that keeps coming up that most people make? The number one. <clears throat> that you kind of see it happens over and over. You're like, oh, that I heard that before. And well, the number one mistake. Yeah, it's not making a plan. But the I guess the other one. I think networking is something that more people need. It's not a mistake, but. What else would be another making a timeline? Oh, the other one is not taking breaks. Uh, that's actually surprisingly, well, I guess it's not surprising, but you know how you hear those stories of crunch time and overworking yourself. And and sometimes people overwork themselves because they just love making their game and they want to release it. But then you got to hit, hit those deadlines. And so and so then you might have to do, do crunch time and try to make that game uh publishing time but they said like you you gotta learn how to take breaks right you gotta learn when to take breaks you gotta learn you gotta exercise you gotta stay healthy you gotta eat right um uh, taking breaks is definitely one method there's a there's a method called the Pomodoro technique where you basically time yourself for 25 minutes to strictly work and then you take a five minute break and then you re repeat that like four times and the goal is to basically remind you to take a break so you can refresh so you can relax because you know you're not gonna be very productive if you're tired or, or you're not making any progress you gotta take a quick break then maybe do a little research on what you need to do and then go back to it and hopefully you're more productive so definitely taking a break is something or a habit that my guest has successfully done Mm -hmm. Taking walks, important. exercise, yeah, yeah, definitely important. I'll second that one. Mm -hmm. My breaks are my my breaks and productive periods are a little longer than his. I'll like code for two days and then I'll take a break for two months. But you know, <laughs> same deal. <laughs> two months? Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> oh no, but when he codes, it's like the intense stuff. Um, what tips keep coming up over and over again? We had a mistake, but what tips now? Yeah, uh, make a plan, tips, uh, I guess, yeah, taking a break. And then uh, the other tip would be networking. Uh, that's something big, especially for upcoming game developers. You want to invest in going to game jams and game developer conference and packs because you got to meet with people. And the good thing about those events is that you're going to be around like-minded people, right? It's going to, you're going to be around people that love video games and want to make video games. And so it's very important that you, if you're investing money to go to these events, you got to talk with people, get their contact information, uh, build a genuine relationship, right? You you want to uh, maybe stay connected with them in the future in case maybe that person might find a job opening and you're available, he could hook you up. So definitely networking is, is, is something that you should invest money in, especially GDC. Everybody tell me that GDC is one of the best events. And I, I was planning to go this uh, next year, I mean, but then I have a kid coming. So uh, 
gonna be tough. Yeah, that's not that's not doable. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I got you. Maybe one day get you on booth. Maybe we'll meet you out there. We'll do like yeah, a little collaboration. It, that'd be that, kind of cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, doing a, a panel mm-hmm. or something like that. But yeah, net networking. You you just gotta talk with people, right? And I know there's a lot of introverts that might might be nervous or scared, but you just gotta go up to people and ask them. You know, hey, what's your name? What are you working on? How you doing? Just start a conversation and see what they're working on. Maybe y'all could create something together. You know what I mean, so definitely mm-hmm. networking I, is something you gotta do. I actually think doing like an interview type or like a podcast type of a thing will help people to go out there and meet someone because it's a great way to start it. Be like, oh, I don't know what to say, but like you could just be like, oh, I'm doing this project or I'm doing a podcast, and you can come and uh, answer some questions. It doesn't have to be that long. I have like 15 questions. We get it done with. It's like 20 minutes, and you can have a conversation with somebody learn from them, maybe even like learn more about who they are as a person, connect with them and then hang out and like you develop this new person that you can network with and meet and get job interviews because of it. It's just go out there, put yourself out there pretty much. Yeah, I went to the Austin Game Conference and I I was just, you know, talking with everybody and then telling them about my podcast and what I aspire to be, join the game industry and same with them. They were telling me their stories and I met uh, I met a guy there who owns the GameDev.tv. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not not this one. <laughs> GameDev.net website, and basically we connected, and he, and because we connected, he put my podcast on his website, well, that's and that's awesome. that's big for me, right? Because I'm new. I don't mm-hmm. I don't really have much to offer except experts coming on my show and, and giving out advices. But he was like, yeah, you can put your podcast on my website, and and his website, the GameDev. .net is one of the biggest game developers website. So it was amazing uh, that he was willing to do that. And I just met him for one day at the, the mm-hmm. network. That's it. But because we connected, I was able to uh, put, put my podcast on him, which of course led to more downloads and more listeners and just more uh, attention to my podcast. Mm-hmm. That's also the creation of our podcast. We we were all invited to this Unreal Review Group, and I was like, you know, I don't know, should I do it? I was like, yeah, let me go out there, put myself out there, go and join this meeting. And then we all started, like, having the meetings every, like, week, like, Wednesdays and Fridays. And then I was like, you know what? The conversation we're having afterwards is pretty awesome. Let's do a podcast. And then, then just from there, we started doing this and started getting people on. And, and now it's a, just an amazing learning experience. And I just want to give back to all the game TV students and help them achieve their goals while they're on the go, on the, going on a plane and driving around. Because the courses are great, but it's great to, like, get other stuff, like, get interviews, get, get like, uh, information like game design or, or tips or motivation, or anything that can help them on their learning journey. Yeah, it, it's extremely heartwarming when you get a message from people saying that you inspire them or you help them out. Uh, it was great listening to this person, this expert. He really helped me out a lot. And it, it's really heartwarming when you get th- uh, thank you messages so, mm-hmm. and one of the things that I, I look forward to, I guess, is I hope one day, like, someone listening to my podcast now, when they create a great game in the future, it was because they listened to the podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, that'd be awesome. No, yeah. I mean, it's amazing with the internet. You can now get connected with t- titans, I guess, of the industry of people who are doing great things. And you can right there, in, while you're driving, right there telling you, like, all the secrets. They used to be just, like, behind doors or, like, just lucky because they knew them because they were friends back in the day. But, like... Now you can just go anywhere and find like all this information. It's just what are you going to do with it is the main thing. Yeah, you got to take action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing I noticed is like because we have so much information out there, it's hard to know where to start or it, it's just so overwhelming that you don't want to start sometime. But that's why uh, in the podcast I try to just narrow it down to like the Unreal Engine or the Unity Engine instead of like listening to all the other engines because there's just so much out there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just uh, narrow it down for people so they could just easily choose something and, and just get started on working on their game because, yeah, there, there is a vast information out there, but just try to stay focused. Pick a, Just pick an engine and just start working on your game. Mm-hmm. Start that course. Get, get, get started. Do it. See what happens. You never know. Yep. What were the main messages of the, or like the main topics of the Nathan Hamley podcast or takeaways, I guess you took away from that? Yeah. Uh, Nathan Hamley is an artist and he made the game, the guard duty for a, it's a point and click adventure game. 
And essentially, is what I said before, you got to go to game jams and you got to connect with people, right? That's how he, he was able to build his email list. And email is still one of the best ways to get a hold of someone. So definitely get people's email. And basically, he went to these events, he went to conferences, he connected with people, he built, uh, you know, he connected with fans and other game developers, and he built his email list, and that's how he contacts them when he has you know, new updates or uh, new changes to his games. And yeah, yeah I, I, that was the main one. It's just, And if you want to learn more about the technical side of click and point adventure games, you definitely listen to the episode. You can see he yeah, explains definitely. more about that. Go yeah. check it out, yeah. There's so much value in your podcast. Appreciate like it. TV students, go check that out. You get so much. Um, what is your favorite part about interviewing all these titans <laughs> and doing yeah, the podcast? Uh, it, it's it's I guess humbling that they even take the time to talk to me because, like I say, I I don't even have any credibility or or any big name on my back, right? I, I'm just an upcoming game developer and trying to help other people like me. So it's very humbling that they take the time to come on. And I'm, I'm talking about like big people like William Harms, who made, I believe, Mafia. Uh, it's, it's really cool for them to come on. No, I bet. It's amazing, too, when I get people on. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, yeah, get to meet you guys, interview for a conversation. It's just really cool. Yeah. Now, where do you see the future of the podcast going? I... So I guess in a way, our our podcast is kind of competing, right? <laughs> because we're so. kind of getting the game after the same listeners. But I, I do want to make this podcast the best game developer podcast or the go-to podcast in 2020 because, you know, it, it basically a lot of experts are on the podcast. And so I wanted to make it the number one game developer podcast in 2020. And right now we have over, I think we're the top rated game of a podcast right now because i have over 100 reviews on itunes and it's five stars right now so hey. i'm like I'm, I'm constantly getting people to review I'm, I'm always marketing to to let people know uh there's a podcast out there where they could just listen to they could listen to it while they're exercising they're cooking they're cleaning whatever you know because audio is very convenient to listen to compared to watching a video or something like that so I want to keep marketing the podcast and just make it as big as possible. And in the future, I would love like uh, like what Tim Ferriss did with Tours of Titan, where we uh, where I put it in a Kindle version, put it into a text version of all the best parts of the podcast, and people could read it if they, they if they don't want to listen to the podcast. And I would love to do panelists. Like I would love to do speaking events. Uh, I, I was gonna apply for a speaking part in in GDC, but but like I said, I'm I'm having a new kid soon, so I can't I can't do it during that time. But being a speaker and just inspiring other game developers, that I, I just want to keep doing that. I want to keep it keep the podcast growing, help inspire more game developers, join the game industry, and, and yeah, see, see where it goes from there. Awesome. And then I noticed on the, one of the podcasts you said there was a partnership of GameDev.TV. Can you explain more about that? Yeah, we, we right now we're partnering with your company, of course, the mm-hmm. GameDev.TV, where we get, we give a discount, right, to all yeah. the best. And if you go on Udemy.com or, or their website, uh, your company has a ton of great reviews. And I've took the Unity class myself back in the day. Oh, so you did? Awesome. It's also, yeah, uh, so obviously a lot of people love the classes, and we're partnering up so I, I could give you a, a discount and a fiddling link to their courses. So definitely go to the website, gamedev.loadout, and, and just go to resources, and you can see all the affiliate uh, links for the gamedev.tv. And we're partnering up, right, because we want to help both our audience. Like maybe maybe my audience does know more uh, – Maybe my audience don't know much about GameDev.TV and the courses. This is a great way to show them that, hey, this is a course that a lot of people took. The reviews are great. Uh, they, they've been in the industry for a long time. So, yeah, take, take the courses and see how, how it goes. Yeah, I agree so much. Like, I think everybody should like definitely listen to your podcast, gain the knowledge from all the people you've interviewed. They should come 
to GameDev.TV, take the courses, use the links, get it for discount, get the new courses on the new platform, check it all out. It's beautiful, 180. Uh, 180. It's got amazing uh, black screen. It's got all the stuff there, community site, everything. So definitely check that out, and we can definitely keep spreading out, keep getting more advice to everybody, keep giving tips and tricks, and I think it will just help everybody grow. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, is there any games you plan on making, or is it just doing the podcast and speaking? Uh, podcast is speaking for now, but yeah, of course. I w- ultimately, I would love to be in the game industry, right? I, I would love maybe be a marketing manager, a communication de- uh, mar- mm-hmm. manager, or something like that. Uh, in the end, I do want to be a game developer it, for the game industry. But right now, I'm making really good money in the oil and gas industry, so I don't want to leave it quite yet. <laughs> but no, I got you. It's working. But, why, why leave? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, but yeah, in, in the end, I do want to join the game industry and uh, make games for sure. Uh, like, that's that's always been my dream, right? It's just to be a part of the video game industry because uh, I do truly believe video games is one of the best medium out there where you can actually play a game and experience the art, experience the the story, and and of course addictive gameplay. So, uh, I can't wait to see the future because the, the PS5, the the PS5 is coming out. Next year, I'm pretty sure Nintendo is working on something. I, I I don't know when Xbox is making their next console, but like the, the video game industry, the video game industry is booming. There's so many games out there, indie and AAA. So there there is a place for you in the game industry. Also, you just gotta put it in the work, build your portfolio, make games, and, and show companies the value that you would bring to their their company. And hopefully you'll find a place eventually, but you just you just gotta do a lot of hard work and persevere. Mm-hmm. So I know we said I think network and plan, but what else was your five tips? Was it invest, ask questions, and take action? You go into yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, the first one was make a plan. The second mm-hmm. one was build genuine relationship, and. A lot of my guests, I think, I think most of them, yeah, a lot of my guests got their job because of a friend they know or a friend they met at a conference or something like that, and they hooked them up. They're like, mm-hmm. it's so important that you you build good relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the third one, third tip I would say is invest in yourself. Uh, this includes your education, your networking, and then your health. And my guests talk a lot about their health, about Remember, I mentioned before taking breaks and exercise is a, a great thing you could do. Staying healthy, eating right, uh, eating good food, and then in, invest in courses. Like, I think I, I, if you put up the money to buy something, you'd be more invested in doing it, right? Instead of mm-hmm. versus free stuff. So that's why I do recommend buying courses online, and, and hopefully that will make you vo- more invested because you put in your hard-earned money uh, you put in your hard-earned money to take that course so definitely invest in tutorials uh invest in productivity like instead of watching uh youtube all the time or watching netflix all the time make sure you're, you're at least taking an hour out the day to be productive and, and working on your goals mm-hmm. if you read the fi- book the one oh the one thing uh, oh yeah yeah, where it talks about like four hour like time blocks and just doing that one thing and then you're pretty much done for the day. It's kind of it goes in with the eighty twenty where it's like just cut all the stuff that's not working or that's not getting you the results you need. Find the thing that is, and then focus down on that, and then you pretty much are set for the day. It's like make it winnable. Do what you need to do, and then you can go hang out with friend, your family, your kids, um, go enjoy, relax. But it's like get get that four hour block and try to keep it consistent, and you'll be good. Just keeping consistency. Yeah, that's a, a you know? great book by Gary Keller. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and that's another important thing, right? You want to prioritize your your task. You don't want to just pick any task and do it in a certain day. You, like you really want to take the top task and try to get that one thing done out of the day, and then yeah, do you know? Then you can do entertainment. So you got the way I think about it is like if I accomplish this one goal. I, then I reward myself with the entertainment or something like that. Mm-hmm. And find mentors, which is another thing about my podcast. Like I highly encourage everybody to always contact the guests because the, one of the things that my guests say that they love about the game industry is the people. 
They love the people in the game industry because they're helpful, because they're artistic. They have a lot of skills and creativity when making games. Because, you know, it, it's tough making a game. So when you're making a good game that that attracts a lot of attention, that's that's a, something to be uh, wow at, I guess. Like something... I don't, I don't know what's the word, but... It's crazy if your game becomes a success. And so, yeah, finding mentors and, and seeing how they did it and just asking them questions uh, on your goals and what you're trying to do, and, and they're most likely will help you out. Um, yeah, I, I'll say invest in social media accounts as well. Like create, create a Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and just start showcasing your work. Start engaging with the community. Join Reddit uh, and post your work on Reddit. The, the game dev Reddit, um, and, and what, once you start off building your social media account, it's easy to get discouraged, right? Because no one's going to be seeing the content because you, you know, you're not going to have any followers, but that's why you got to use hashtags. You got to let people know that you're making a game. You got to showcase your game every week to let people know you're working on something and just to show people your progress. People are into those things. And then, yeah, invest in your health. You got to eat right, exercise, get enough sleep. Sleep is very important. And most of my guests that are older have said that improving their health has drastically impacted their life. It improved their focus, it improved their energy, and, of course, the results is better work. Mm -hmm. And then... It's really important. Like, getting sleep, eating right will help you learn better, stay focused. It's it's amazing, and it's astonishing what happens when you don't do that, and you wake up tired, you can't. You you basically are studying over and over. And you're like, why is it not like clicking? And you're just like, it's just because you're not. Your body's not feeling good. It's just not able to keep everything in your brain. Yeah, that, that's why you gotta take those breaks. You gotta mm -hmm. just refresh your body, refresh your mind, mm -hmm. and once Stretch, you're, you know, right? yeah, and once mm -hmm. you're in a in a high energy, healthy mood, you most likely be more productive and, and find answers faster. Yes, facts. See, I disagree with this. I think that we should all eat Big Macs for every meal, every day, all the time. <laughs> I love that. It works for that guy in that movie, remember? <laughs> it does. It does. But you know what? They, in the long run, I don't think it worked out. <laughs> they recently opened a In-N-Out Burger here in Houston, and oh, no. my family already wants to go eat there. I was like, man, I, I just ate salad today. Like, I, I have my doctor recently told me I have high cholesterol, which was surprising. So now I gotta stick with salad and yogurt and oatmeal and stuff like that. But that's that's ultimately a good thing because I do want to stay healthy in the long run. The the fourth tip would be to ask questions. And one it's one of the quickest way to get answers is asking questions. And I know asking questions could be a bit you you might be a bit timid or, or nervous about asking questions, but it is one of the quickest ways to get answers. Because for one, it shows that you want to learn. And and number two, like if you refrain from asking questions and you have to finish a certain project, you're you're just gonna delay the project because you can't figure out yourself. You you need some help. So you gotta you gotta ask questions. You gotta get used to asking questions, and that's why I recommend connecting with my guests and asking them questions so that they can help you out. And try to ask a really good question because uh, you you know you don't want to keep pounding the mentors or the guests or people, right? You, you want to ask them a good questions. And one of the ways to do that is basically to ha have a lot of information up front. So like if you're sending them an email, try to put as much details about the questions that you, you're asking. So for example, if it's a programming, if it's a programming bug you're trying to solve, you want to explain the things that happened beforehand, things you have tried and the specifications of what you are doing and the software you're using or whatever it is. So Try to ask a really good question and, and don't hound people too much. Like, ask them key questions that you really want to know. And yeah, all on forums, online forums like Reddit and Quora are great. Uh, you could get answers there, but don't, like I say, don't dwell too long. Just just ask the questions, and there there will always be someone that's gonna be willing to help you and answer the question for you. Unless you're you know a Stack Overflow yeah. and they just don't want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I know sometimes uh, I'll go in there and I'll be like, hmm, I need the, uh, the answer to this one. And it's like, oh, nope, they, they, nobody wanted to answer this one. It's the one I needed. It's very challenging to ans ask a good question. Generally, I think that 
it can be said that if you know how to ask the right question, you can probably answer it already. Mm. Mm. Never thought about that, but that's just, yeah, makes sense. And yeah, the fifth tip is taking action. That's us. That's one of the main things for every episode that my guests always say, just do it. Just do it. Just go out there and, and get started. Uh, create a habit of uh, mastering your craft every day. Like find a time in your day where you know there will be no distractions and just take action and, and do it daily. And so, and you wanted to make that into a habit because, you know, motivation is great and all, uh, but if you're depending on motivations to take action, it's not going to do well, right? Because if you're not motivated, you're not going to take action. So you just want to have a routine every single day at the same time where you're taking action on whatever it is, uh, making a game or, or working on your portfolio, take action regardless of how you deal with your if you're not in the mood or not, it's such a habit, right? It's such a strong habit that you just go straight into it and start creating whatever it is. And so, yeah, practice on, on making good and positive habits. And at the same time, you got to be patient. Like, it, it, obviously, we want things to happen quickly, right? We want our games to be very popular. We want to grow a big following quickly, but that's not the case. It's going to be a very slow, slow uh, growth. And so that's why you just got to post things every day and build a very slow following. And being patient is just something you got to do. And all you can't, all you can do is just keep taking small and meaningful actions every day toward your goal. And hopefully it will eventually take you somewhere, but you got to be patient. And one, oh, I, I thought you were going to say, yeah, I was just going to say every book is written one sentence at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And, Ultimately, yeah, inaction will get you nowhere. You do, you do not want to not take action on your goal, right? You, you don't want to keep delaying it because if you really want to be a part of the game industry, if you really want to be a game developer, you start doing something that, that's going to push you towards that goal. And that's why I like my podcast. I, j I just want upcoming game developers to stop feeling confused. Uh, I, I don't want them to quit on their passion project if they're already working on it. And I... You know, I, I don't want their skills to go to waste because I'm pretty sure they could create amazing games. So for my listeners and for upcoming game developers, I, I just want them to overcome that that inaction. I just want them to take action. Like I, The motto of the show is learning is useless without uh, execution. So basically, when they listen to my podcast, you know, they're taking in all this information, but if they're not taking action on it, it's, it's useless. So that's why I try, I really try to push that. You got to take action on all those things you're learning, right? Don't, do not let the knowledge go to waste uh, and, and just keep hustling. You got to hustle. Mm -hmm. Grind it out. No, but it's so true. It's like, that's why I love doing this type of podcast and, and having you on and spreading the messages because even though we have these great courses, it's not a lot of people will be able to finish them. I've, I've noticed in the forums, a lot of people get stuck or they get discouraged and then they just stop. It's like, no, we, they have a huge community here. We have a podcast, we have all the social media stuff. We have a place where you can go find answers, ask people, they'll look for the answers and then we'll broadcast it on the podcast. We'll broadcast anywhere for you to find, get that answer. We'll, we'll have motivation, inspiration. We'll have different, we'll talk about different books, different guests, different stuff to help you guys figure out what it is. And we want you guys to achieve your goals. And it, sometimes you might feel like it's not going to happen. But no, you, just, you have to do it step by step. Make a plan. Do exactly everything that Tony was saying. It's just you just got to figure it out. And then go out there and get it. And then we'll here to support you guys. And if you want to come on and ask questions, be a part of the podcast, interact with people, these guests and stuff, you, we can make that happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's always good to make it a habit of listening to positive things like your podcast or my podcast, right? Mm -hmm. uh, being around people or listening to people that that had the same goals as, as you, as yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to that every day, you might feel more inclined to, to just take action and, and work on something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just spread yourself with positive uh, encouragement. Man, um, you're making me want to write code. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Write code right now. Let's do a code review. Let's get it done. Time for the code review right <laughs> yes, now. Right now. <laughs> I get it. Oh, no, that's great. We spent like an hour, I think, Tuesday writing, uh, looking at some code. And it was uh, it was good. It was good times. But stuff like that's right. awesome because you get to like experience what it like we might post it. We might not. We'll see what happens with that episode. But you get to experience what it's like to just be behind the scenes and and – go like okay 
even like somebody you think's really good that might be like, oh, struggling with this and that. Like you, you're not always you're always going to struggle. It's just going to happen. It's just it's it's a learning process, and you might spend four years until you finally get to something that you want to that you're proud of. Like it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 all about patience. Patience is the key word to all this. Have patience. Really patience, but at the same there. time. His reference there, Tony, to, to might take you four years was actually from my journey specifically. I, I started programming in C++ about four years ago and basically published the first block of code that I feel is acceptable for other people to look at after four years. <laughs> yeah, but look at that, see? And it's actually really good. I think, I personally think it's really, it's really good, well thought out. And um, yeah. There it is. It's there. You push it out. People can see it. Slowly start seeing it. Just, just start doing it. Ultimately, that's exactly what it comes down to. What Tony's been saying over and over and over again. Just do it. You have to sit down. You have to put the work in, no matter what. So, Tony, what were some techniques Roger Miller mentioned for mastering Unity? Roger Miller, yeah. Another great guy. Uh, a master uh, of Unity... I guess you could say, and he was saying a lot of technical stuff that I, I didn't even understand what, what he was saying, but uh, basically, there's a lot of, you know, Unity is a free engine that you could download, and they have a lot of things that just makes development easier, and one of the things that, some of the things that Roger Miller pointed out was nested prefabs, ADB logcat, package manager, visibility icons, and more, and like I said, it just easily makes it easy to streamline the process of making games. Uh, I, I haven't used Unity that much, so I'm not... I, I, can't, I can't explain the technical part of it, so no, I highly recommend... Check out the episode, yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend you check out yeah, episode uh, 103 to learn more. And and oh, uh, something I do really want to mention that's very important about, about making your game, right? And Roger... In the episode mentioned too is that even if you make a great game, it will fail without marketing. Like it will, it, not all the time, of course, but most of the time, if you not market and advertise your game, it will fail no matter how great it is because people are, people off the bat are, it's not going to know about your game. Like they, they're not going to know about it. So that's why you got to constantly post about your game on the web, advertise your game, hire someone with a, a business and marketing skills and, and get them to market your game market your game ASAP. You, you got to get the attention. You got to get people's attention by putting your work out there. And and this is why maybe publisher might be a good route sometimes if you don't know how to market or, uh, or if you're just trying to get your game out there. But yeah, do not let your great game go unforeseen or, or unnoticed, right? You, you got to get attention. And one of the ways to do that is marketing. So definitely do that. Mm -hmm. That's really key. You can make the greatest thing ever. Nobody will know. And that's that's a problem. Go out there, put it out there, create all the social medias. TikTok is a good one too for the kids these days. Oh yeah, kids love it. Yeah, go on there, show like little clips of your game, and soon kids all over will be like, "Look, check this out!" And then you got like a fan base. Now, definitely try out social media. Start start posting something every day. Figure out your like your style, your voice, and then just go from there. Yeah, I have a friend, or not a friend, but but someone I met before named Anna. She just started a Twitch channel, and she's just slowly growing her audience. More and more people are watching her draw on, I think, Unreal Engine. And so, yeah, you just got to Twitch is something you could do. You could live stream your, your work, your game development process, and just talk with people. Mm-hmm, exactly. So... Do you have any favorite guests or someone that people that you were like, wow, that was like the, the greatest interview ever? The, the most recent one, what I say is Jen Jonathan Jennings from uh, Relay Cars VR. Mm -hmm. And the main reason is because, yeah, imposter syndrome is a big thing, right? You basically, you feel like, like you can't do this particular job. So, so for example, uh, Right now, I, I'm talking about my podcast, right? And I'm giving out advices. And even right now, I feel a big imposter syndrome because I'm not an expert myself. I'm, I'm just giving advice that I learned from other experts. And so mm -hmm. it feels weird. It, it feels weird giving, giving the advice even though I'm not the expert. And so that's why I get imposter syndrome because I might, I'm hoping this is something that helps people. 
I'm hoping that this is something I could do and people listen, right? Uh, it, it will be enough for people to, to, I guess, essentially believe what I'm saying because I learned it from other people. But overcoming imposter syndrome is, is a big thing. Like Jonathan, he mentioned that because he was a black game developer or, or he was new in the industry, that he might not make it or he, he was nervous that yeah, he, he just he didn't know he belonged in the game industry but because he kept uh, doing hard work because he persevered and just kept working projects after projects after projects now he's he's doing what he loves he's making vr games and so yeah and process syndrome is some, uh, it's a big thing but if you if you specialize in that one skill that companies want there, there's there's going to be a place for you. I think you just got to get to the point where you, you feel confident enough that you don't feel the imposter syndrome. I guess you just got to yeah. do it every day. Just, just every day. Do it. It's kind of like, I guess, preparing for speech. You can go up there and just try to, like, BS it, or you can practice beforehand and then just go up there and and give it like like it's nothing because you're ready. So the only way to do yeah. this is to practice every day. That's just really it. It's just, it's just put in the work until you... You, you don't even have to, like, look back. And you're just like, no, I know how to do this. And I'm ready. I'm ready for this. And even if you're not, just take the, take the steps to get there. You're going to be afraid. There's no comfort zone. You just, it's always going to be uncomfortable. Just go. Just go make it happen. Yeah, that, that's what Jonathan said. You, you got to be <laughs> get used to being uncomfortable. You got to take those challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how you get better. That's how you get stronger. That's how you get confident. It's by overcoming things that are uncomfortable. Yeah, and then if you do stay in the comfort zone, you start doing things. I guess it's the same way with like all these courses and stuff, and then all this knowledge. You might get start doing things like co- different courses. You're like, oh no, I just need the next one. I just need the next one. I just need the next one. And you feel like you're being productive, but you're really just delaying the inevitable. It's like you don't, you're not ready. You're not taking the step to go to the game that you want to make. You're just, you're just delaying it, and you have to start taking the leap. You're like, no, you know what? I don't feel entirely ready, but I'm gonna start making this. Or I don't feel ready, but I'm stop watching all these videos and just start just start making it happen. Um, yeah, I mean it's you you could you could say that those you know four or five you know failed starts there were my attempts to write this game over and over and over again, <laughs> all of them ending up at some degree of functionality, but not really the whole vision. Now you know for me that was you know that was about building the skills that I needed, and once I have them, now now I feel like I can work on whatever but you know maybe maybe the advice of actually doing something (laughs) like completing something rather than uh, just continuously moving on from half completed prototypes maybe that is better advice (laughs) (laughs) no i agree Um, but now it's good because after talking with it over i think it was like two hours we were on or we were on for a while you finally got um you finally figured out the problem and you hello if yeah hey Welcome back. Because I know firsthand what it's like. I remember in like high school, I was doing like speeches and stuff, and it, it was the worst. And then one day, I just I don't know. I studied and practiced like the whole week, and I went up there and I killed it. I killed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm good at this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, people will surprise themselves when they mm-hmm. accomplish something. Like, oh man, I did that. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got the highest grade in the class. I was like, I didn't read anything from notes. No, I just, I just went up there and spoke my like heart out. It was the best. <laughs> I spoke my truth. <laughs> yeah, it was the, it, actually to be honest, it was the poem "Don't go gentle with that good night." So it was kind of the same thing. Oh, it was like, don't go, like, yeah. go after it. You know what I'm saying? It was my truth. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was great. Apropos, <laughs> love it. All right. So what were you saying about your code? You were talking about what? Were you... what? Me? Oh, this yeah. is Tony's interview, not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> You got something to add, Aaron? Like, you work in the software well, industry for a long time, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what we were talking about was, was you know, basically what you were saying. We, we were talking about, you know, Ben commenting about, uh, you know, go and make five or six games. And as you do it, you kind of learn your craft. You learn what it is that, you know, you need to do to, to make a game. Like you were saying, you know, you, you learn what you need to plan, you know, the different resources that you need to coordinate and all that kind of stuff. With my code, it's, you know, I've got five or six different solutions that essentially have all of the same code in it. And that was exactly what it was for me. It was just, 
going through the iterations and achieving or accomplishing one discrete goal. You know, one of them was learning how to, you know, how to how to handle multi-threading on Windows, right? One of them was a prototype about how to serialize data. Another one was, you know, getting networking working. Another one was drawing stuff on the screen, right? You know, another one was getting a 3D pipeline running. All of these different kinds of things took me, you know, a couple of months for each of them. And, you know, I built up the project to the point where I proved that I could do the thing that I wanted to do. Going back to the comment about four years, you know, this this last thing that I coded, I started it about six weeks ago. I probably spent a total of about three, two, two or three days, you know, work time working on it, like 20, 30, maybe 40 hours, right? A week, I guess you would say, of, of normal work. And uh, and it does what I wanted to do. I'm, I'm proud of it. It, it. it takes several of those threads and pulls them together into something coherent. So, you know, there's... The point that I was trying to get at is, you know, what Ben was saying about, you know, iterating through and learning your craft. It's the same thing you were saying, you know, learn, learn from your mistakes and, you know, you got to put the time in and make the mistakes so that you can learn what to, you know, what to do better the next time. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. You've been running that podcast of yours. You say you're on like episode 130 something or was Uh, that an old one? (laughs) So I I did take a, a big hiatus, like a year hiatus, but I relaunched back in October, so now we're on episode 105. Wow. So, I, and I plan to keep this going for a long time now. I, I was really excited to go back uh, into the podcast because I, I I do love interviewing the the experts. Like I, I love how they got. I love learning about how they got started, the techniques they use to just increase their skills and master their craft. It's just very interesting to me and. I know it helps other people that's listening, so I do want to keep the podcast going for a long time. Definitely, dude. The value you provide for the podcast is amazing. Um, are you playing any games right now? Right. Well, I try to, but <laughs> I, I, I bought I bought Astro Chain for the Switch because I, I love platinum games and I want to support them. But in terms of playing games, I, yeah, I just I really haven't had the time. That's that's. That's what happens when you have kids. Like they take up all your time, <laughs> and every time I try to play games, she just bugs me. So, but Astro Chain is the latest one I've I'm trying to play. But it, man, I, I want to play the Stranding. I want to play Luigi Mansion. I want to play Fire Emblem. Uh, the Star Wars game just came out. There's so many uh, mm-hmm. games that looks good, and I really, I really, really want to play. Uh, and I, I will find one day, find a time one day to play it. But Right now, I'm just more focused on the podcast than my and my family. No respect, yeah. So, where do you see the future of game, like the game industry of VR and AR? Uh, right now, it, although it's very slow, but because of the prices are going down and the technology is getting better, I I definitely see something uh, going on in the future. Um, and it's just crazy technology, right? It's just crazy where mm-hmm. you put on the VR headset and you're just taken to a whole different world. Like VR is something everyone needs to experience in order to understand it. It's just a very surreal, surreal experience when you're, like, say, just standing in a different world, and it tracks your movement as well. Mm-hmm. And as the technology get better, Valve they just uh, released a trailer for Half Life and. That, those graphics looks amazing for a VR game. Like so, even the graphics are getting better. The 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 fingertips, like it could track each of your finger. Like it, it's just getting more and more high tech, and it, I I see it going big in the future, nine times soon because it still needs to be more affordable. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's gonna go away. Like VR is just such a uh, such a different gaming experience, and it's getting better. And AR2, augmented reality and mixed reality, all these are going to just get bigger here on out. And once the price become more affordable, more people get their hands on it, uh, I think it's going to, we're going to see some great things come from it. Hey Aaron, are you excited for the new Half-Life VR game? <laughs> uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he knows you know, that like I have a little bit of a history there uh, as I worked on the original Half-Life. So. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I think that if anybody can do a you know a good treatment of a VR game, it's going to be Valve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, it's always been a, a high 
a high standard within the organization to make sure that the gameplay experience is as good as it can be. I mean, that was, you know, that was the, that was the entire reason why Half-Life took an extra 18 months to get built because we built Half-Life. We didn't like it. So we built it again. We even Valve made Half-Life twice in order to make a good game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it did. It came out and blew people away. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking interesting. It's uh, Half Life Alex, I think was what it was called. Yeah, one of the minor characters from the Half Life Chapter Two stuff. Um, yeah, apparently they also announced that they're actually finally going to do Half Life Three too. Really? Oh, but, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, their VR experience looks really interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it actually works out. You know. And VR is a great exercise too. If, if you if you want to get your exercise in, a fun way to do it, just play. Yeah, right. Play play those games like dodging like bullets, dodging arrows. <laughs> yeah, sword and sabers. It's it's so fun, and at the same time, it gives you a good workout. Yeah, the uh, so the last company that I worked for, I re- I built a little quick demo using the Microsoft Hololens. Uh, it was pretty interesting. I mean, it didn't really do anything crazy interactive. It was just stuff that you could touch, and it would like make other stuff appear in the scene. But it was still pretty cool. Um, yeah, um, the the unfortunate side of that being that those stupid devices cost like five grand or something. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, I think once they get cheaper, people will start experimenting more, and we'll start getting stuff that's actually like you can actually it's yeah, useful. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the software development kit that Microsoft put out for it was really easy to use. It, it was I, it was really quite enjoyable. You did all of the stuff in Unity. Basically, you just opened up a little web page and connected to the HoloLens remotely, and mm-hmm. you could download the model of the scene that the HoloLens was generating dynamically as you were walking around. And then you just drop that into Unity and then start hanging up your props however you want them within the scene. It's really it's quite amazing. You can add sound effects and you know all of the standard particle things and anything that you could do in Unity, animations, all of that. It's pretty neat. But yeah, yeah. It, the, the challenge really is that there's not a whole lot of great applications for it yet. I think the the most you know useful business application that I've seen for it is is kind of like a, a warehouse assistant, where it like overlays mm-hmm. the warehouse with uh, you know like a pointer telling you where you need to go to get a particular part out of the warehouse, uh, warns you when you're going into traffic areas, you know highlights things in the in the in the real world to you know it's for safety purposes. I mean it's fantastic for that, but <laughs> the other side of it is that they're five grand a piece. <laughs> yeah. That's a little bit, you know. It's gonna be a while before I think it becomes affordable. <laughs> but hopefully yeah, soon. Hopefully. The HoloLens two is now only like three thousand dollars. It's a little okay. bit lightweight and stuff, but yeah, it'll come down eventually. And I think that you will I mean there's also things like what the Google Glass and you know variants on that that they've been researching. Everybody's putting a lot of research into this stuff. Uh Tracy Hickman, the author did a lot of like uh, he he and uh, Margaret Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman back in the eighties and nineties used to write a lot of uh, Dragonlance books together. Uh, Tracy Hickman now works for one of the VR companies, uh, building VR experiences uh, f- for like Universal Studios or something like that. So I mean, it's it's definitely you know very you know skilled and creative people are definitely getting into it and businesses are investing money into it so it'll it'll definitely kick off at some point i think i think it'll do better than uh, 3d movies in the long run <laughs> Dude, 3d movies i feel like are the most pointless things yeah i don't even watch those no more <laughs> i don't they're not 3 i don't know they're just not 3d enough for me or i don't it, it kind of looks the same to me. It's just gray, yeah. grayer because I always found, <laughs> I always found that to be pretty gimmicky. I mean, I, I'm old enough that I remember my parents talking about, you know, the the red and blue lens yeah. movies when they were kids, and I remember when I was a kid they tried doing 3D movies like that as well. And that didn't work, and then, you know what was it? That was probably ten years now that 3D movies have been in most of the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. I, I felt kind of the same way at that point. I was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Time will tell. But yeah, I think it'll be cool it for us. For speakers, because then you start doing like AR augmented stuff, and you can get someone like speaking, and it looks like he's there, but he's really not. He's like in some other room, like <laughs> I don't know, hol- like holograms and stuff. Holograms. Yeah, holograms. Yeah, yeah. that'd be kind of cool. We'll see what happens. My my projection on that kind of stuff is that I don't think that you'll see a huge amount of adoption until it's like convenient to the point where it's like. 
you know, you can put a contact lens in and it's not in your way. And, you know, you get a useful overlay for the world, some kind of personal assistant that, you know, can be used to guide you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man, if I, if I'm invited to a Ted talk, I'm going to, I'm going to do a hologram <laughs> and do my speech that way. Yeah. Could you imagine that the first hologram, like a really like, legit one? Actually, yeah. they've done a, a hologram Ted talk. <laughs> they have, oh, but so like, guy but no, like a legit one. I've seen well, yeah, no, this guy was demonstrating a very interesting 2D rendering technique that made objects appear to be properly uh, oriented perspective-wise based on where the camera was. So he was like, he was looking at the screen and then they they did the camera view through his headset. And as he was moving around the display, the 2D display was rendering something that appeared to shift in perspective properly for where he physically moved in the room. It was really, it was a little freaky to be honest, but uh, yeah, it was, it was basically, it was a a 3d hologram exhibit that they did from the camera's perspective. It was pretty cool. There's no telling how much uh, video games can evolve. Like maybe there's, maybe there's something beyond VR and AR (laughs) in the future for video games. So yeah, I'm excited. Trademark that company name right now beyond VR and AR. (laughs) Hey. hey! I would like for you to give a challenge to all the game.tv students. It could be anything. It could be simply watch your podcast if you want to do that. But it's a, a challenge you want them to do. Take action right now and then they can either post it or just start implementing it to their lives. Anything you have, you can take a minute to figure out the challenge. I, I think uh, the number one thing right now for you to do is to make a plan. You, you got to make a plan. If you really want to become a game developer and join the game industry, make a plan right now. Just put on a piece of paper, create like a six-month timeline goal, and say if you want to become a game designer, just reverse engineer that and figure out what you need to do to become a game designer, right? You got to take courses. You got to find mentors. You got to go to a GDC event. You do all that and make specific tasks, I guess, every single day, every single week, and trying to accomplish that number one goal of you becoming a game designer in the game industry. So make a plan. And yeah, once you make that plan, get started. You t- start taking action because that's like, that's the only way you could get uh, through it. And I- I'm not going to sugarcoat it, right? Joining the game industry is going to be hard. It's going to be very hard. There's going to be other people that's going to be ahead of you, and that's even more reason why you got to uh, push it even harder. Uh, train yourself, master your craft every day, and just make it into a habit where where you're not stopping. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah, it's good. Even no matter how hard it gets, just keep going. We're all here to support you guys. Because, <laughs> baby, you're a firework. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two more questions. One is, do you have any special, unique tips or tricks or habits you do that help you be more productive? Well, I, I do use the Pomodoro technique where, you know, I work for 25 minutes and I take a break for five minutes. And I, I'm telling you right now, it's extremely helpful doing that technique because it, it reminds you to take a break. And so that you just don't overwhelm yourself or you get too tired working on one thing way too long. So definitely do the Pomodoro technique. Um, I I guess another skill is journaling. Uh, Journaling is basically every single day I use my five-minute journal app where I write down what I'm grateful for in life and then the goals or the tasks that I need to accomplish for the day to feel I guess fulfilled or, or to feel like I'm moving forward. So like today, today I put on my app that, you know, I'm just grateful to have food on my table. And then I put a goal down. I'm going to market my podcast to uh, this and that website to grow my podcast. Like that's, that was the goal today. And I accomplished that because I did market on my social media. And, and then at the end of the day, you write down, great things that happened today. So at the end of the today, I will probably write down that people engage with my post, people interacted with my post. I will put that as a success because then that means people saw my marketing. And then I write down what, what could I, what could I have done better? Um, so that, you know, I'm, I'm improving on the things that I'm, I'm currently doing. So I guess one of the things that I could have done better for marketing was maybe I could, uh, uh, make it more, I guess, concrete post, I guess, a, a post that's more elaborate, a post that's more, uh, 
that's easier to get attention from, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like basically, I, I write down something that I can improve myself so I could do better the next day. So journaling is definitely uh, something I highly recommend. Uh, the five minute app, I think it's only for iPhones, but definitely it's only five bucks. So every time you write down your goals every single day in the morning, it, it gives you a, a plan, right? It gives you a focus that something, it gives you a focus that you need to do and, and accomplish. It's like having a personal daily Kanban. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it, it only takes five minutes to do, so I highly recommend it because I swear, every time I forget to write in a journal or, or you know, I might be late for work, so I just rush to work and I forgot to write in my journal, I end up not doing anything productive. Like I end up not uh, increasing the podcast or working on the things that I'm trying to accomplish because I just, I didn't have no focus that day or uh, I didn't write it down, so I didn't know what to do. So that's what I'm saying. Every single morning, you got to write down a goal, write down a plan and the things you want to accomplish. Beautiful. And then my last one is what are some, I guess, truths that people don't understand when they enter the game industry that you've learned by doing the podcast? Some truth is, my guess, they said, like I mentioned earlier, they love the people in the game industry. But one of the things that they hate, obviously, is people that are not social, I guess, in terms of being nice to one each other or mm-hmm. or no one wants to jerk on their team is what I'm saying. No one wants to jerk. No one wants someone that doesn't work well with the team. So you got to learn how to communicate with your team. Like you, you really got to learn how to work with other people because, um, you know, artists got to communicate with the programmers. They got to communicate with the producers. So everybody got to learn how to communicate and, you know, not gossip behind each other back or anything like that. So don't be a jerk. <laughs> be nice. Uh, and, you know, that's also that's common sense. But at the same time, people do uh, still get mad at each other or talk messy about each other instead of sitting down and trying to solve the problem together. So definitely work on the communication part and, and uh, try to solve the problem together instead of, you know, blaming each other for whatever happened. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well, that's it. We're going to hand the mic to you. You can give a promotion, shout out, inspiration, whatever you want. And uh, we'll hand it to you. And thanks for coming on to the podcast, Tony Chan. And, and everybody check out Game Dev that load out. And the mic's all yours. Yeah, I appreciate it, uh, Kevin and Aaron, for having me on the show. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to end off with my quote that I use is, learning is useless without execution. And let me say that one time. Learning is useless without execution. So, yeah, a lot of great stuff you're learning from the podcast, from all the episodes. But in the end, you got to take action in order to fulfill your goal. So, Go take action for sure. Uh, yeah, you could you could go to Game Dev Loadout podcast in order to listen to experts. I have marketers, I have artists, I have programmers. So a ton of experts that you could go off of. And yeah, once again, that's Game Dev Loadout. You can follow me on Twitter at Game Dev Loadout. Feel free to email me at Tony at GameDevLoadout.com. Like I always try to answer questions. I always try to motivate people. So definitely check out the podcast if you want you know experts and and the thing with my podcast is it's very interview based so i always ask the same specific questions because i do think that question gets a lot of value so mm-hmm. check the podcast out and yeah we appreciate you taking the time to listen to me well that's it thanks for listening you can find all game dev.tv courses at courses.gamedev.tv courses or in the show notes with a 10 percent discount get started with your game development journey today